Welcome in to the PHNX podcast brought to you by our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Thanks for joining us. I'm Lindsay here with Espo. Espo, how you doing today? I'm all right. I always forget when we're in this room that I shouldn't wear black shirts and then... I have just dark enough hair where it blends in with this wall. You have enough brown in it that it doesn't. I just kind of completely disappear. I mean, I don't really care about a, a black wall. I'm Black is my vibe. I wear black every day, so it just is It is what it yeah, is. Yeah, I just know? prefer... You gotta to lean ha- into it, Espo. I just prefer not to disappear and look like a floating <laughs> head. Uh, those of you on audio, none of this matters to you, but uh, on video... It looks a little bizarre. So. Which, if you normally catch us uh, on audio, feel free to come on over to the YouTube channel yeah. every once in a while and watch a, a show with us live. It's a lot of fun. The chat is usually really enjoyable to participate in and or just view. Um, our Cove Crazies in the chat usually are pretty entertaining. So if you have not yet, check us out over on YouTube and come chat with us throughout some of these shows. Today, we've got a few things to talk about, Espo. Uh, you and I holding it down for this show, first we need, and we foremost. We need better agents. That's I know, right? I, um, <laughs> I thought I was good, but apparently not. Apparently not. Apparently not. First and foremost, Cam Johnson. He paid off his bet with Mikel Bridges yesterday by hosting his lemonade stand here in Phoenix. Now, you'll remember this bet was made while the two of them were on NBA Today with Malika Andrews and... If I'm being completely honest, I'm not totally sure that Cam fully agreed to this bet. It was more <laughs> like Mikhail just threw it out at the end. And then Cam, of course, being a good sport, he followed through with it. He was like, okay, fine. I may not have fully agreed to this on air, but for the sake of, of fun and entertainment, I'll do it. Mikhail didn't give him any choice. Mikhail ran with this, and it was kind of expected that he was going to uh, he was going to show up so right exactly uh, and but look it was a it was a good time had by all is what it what it certainly seemed like uh, i don't like other human beings so i didn't go out there <laughs> because i knew there'd be lots of them but uh it, it sounded like it was a a great event gerald uh, was out there and uh and had some uh, some really fun posts so you can go peruse his social we'll show you some things here as well but uh gerald enjoyed it one of my favorites was when they when they had agreed to it we had mocked up both players at a lemonade stand and then when uh when the rams won we had dropped the cam johnson uh, at a lemonade stand image and then yesterday we posted this great uh comparison of what we expected versus what reality was uh, here. And <laughs> I think the artistic rendering was very, very close to what the reality was. It was it was pretty close. And if you're listening to this on audio, you can see that at our Twitter page, at PHNX underscore Suns. But basically, the biggest difference is the amount of people behind the <laughs> real-life photo out there. Yes. There were, if I had to take a guess, based on the videos that Gerald sent us and showed us, um, I would say somewhere between 500 and maybe 1,000 people showed up to this lemonade stand. It kind of felt like the lines, I mean, 
He said 45 minutes before it started, there was already a line wrapped around the corner of a building close by to this park where they hosted it at. I had guesstimated hundreds of thousands, but you're probably <laughs> closer uh, in your counting there to being correct, I believe. But yeah, it was a well attended and uh, as expected, Cam stayed around for basically Yeah, everybody. he did. I think the biggest part of this that kind of surprised me is they ended up raising $5,000 for Sons Charities, which I think it's pretty cool how they took this silly little side bet between Cam and Mikkel, turned it into a community fundraiser, if you will, because all of that money that the community showed up and gave for this lemonade and these cookies um, is going back into the Phoenix community, which is always a great thing when you're supporting the community that supports you. So $5,000 in... Um, I would guess maybe two hours because I know it was scheduled for an hour, but I know, like you said, Cam stayed a little bit after business hours. They kept the doors open for a while. $5,000 is a substantial amount of money to bring in in that short of a time frame. Fun fact, it was $5,000 for one cup of lemonade and only one person had enough cash <laughs> on hand. So, they no, had to was, pull together. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a, it was a great event to to help out local charities and sons uh, sons charities does a uh, great work out there uh, always has so good to see that glad that they turned what uh was something that was emotionally difficult for cam johnson and do uh into a fun event for everybody yeah and, and cam seemed to seem to enjoy it i thought he had to wear a rams jersey though and he did not he wore his bangles well because the the jersey bet was for the first uh, Suns game after the game, which I think he did wear and, a Rams, and, jer- Rams jersey to the game, right? And game one of every playoff series, too. And I, oh, really? Yeah, it's, and I thought it was part of the lemonade stand, too, but I misunderstood. But yeah, I uh, know. Is, is there anything else you want to want to talk about or show? Yes, there's a couple this? things. Okay. Yeah, so I think it was kind of neat. So, of course, we expected, obviously, Cam was going to show up. Yeah. We figured Mikhail would also show up. But I think one of the coolest things is that everyone who was there was surprised by visits from Frank Kaminsky, Ish Wainwright, Cam Payne, and even Chris Paul showed up. So here's Cam Johnson talking about just the support from his teammates for this event. See, when, when see people, the, it was all the hooting and hollering over there. And I had thought something, a fight had started. So I was like, oh, no, not not here. And then I hear CP, CP. And of course, CP rolling through. It was like the president rolling through. Everybody went crazy. Um, but it was really cool of Ish, campaign, um, all the guys that stopped through. Uh, meant a lot to me, really did. I mean, that's just more proof that this team really does love each other and care about each other, that they're willing to come show up at a random park in Phoenix while one of their teammates serves lemonades to the fans. I'm a little concerned that Cam can't tell the difference between cheering for CP3 and a fight breaking out of the crowd. I, I mean, it's just that. probably a lot of chaos and screaming, you <laughs> know what I mean? Just a lot of yelling. Fair enough. Most of it was Gerald, though. Probably. Gerald was just really excited to see probably. Chris Paul. Uh, look, I think Cam missed an opportunity here, though. Okay. You mentioned it. Lemonade and cookies were on the menu. Right. But I think that there could have been more, and that's why I put together everybody's favorite segment and Espo's big board of the five things that Cam Johnson could have done. Oh, hoy, hoy. Well, let's see what you got for us. So, so number five was Twins Lemonade, right? Okay. They're not actually twins, but they're kind of like fraternal twins. Yes. Similar, but different, right? So this would have been... For one price, you could have gotten a strawberry and a regular lemonade. Okay. That's Twins Lemonade. 
a uh, Monte Cristo sandwich uh, <laughs> in honor of his coach and Chris Paul. That would have been good. An <laughs> OPBJ championship sandwich, which would be in honor of uh, Obel- Odell Beckham Jr., who was on the Rams. But okay, these last two were really where where he could have made some cash, right? Uh-huh. He could have had a McHale salad. <laughs> And he could have added a Cam's, uh, a, a angel, a baby, sweet baby angel food cake. <laughs> That's fantastic. It got, it got, uh, when it got abbreviated, it threw me off. I was like, <laughs> AFC, no, it could have been a Cam's sweet baby angel food cake as well. I mean, so. I, I like the angel food cake one. I think that one would have been I a figured, big hit out there. I figured I was playing my uh, my key demo <laughs> with the number one. You did a good job one, with that so. one. You get it. Yeah. Tizdu said no one's waiting uh, two hours in line for a kale salad, man. Come on. Uh, well, you I know. don't know if that one was... If it would have been like the target audience, but who knows? What if it came with an autographed McHale jersey or something? Or a piece of kale autographed by McHale? Uh, I don't know if I would want that. Now I have a new thing that I want to add to the uh, to the collection. I need to get a, a piece, piece of, of kale, kale autographed by Mikhail Bridges. My goodness. My I, goodness. I have issues, people. You I have issues. do. The cake was solid, though. We'll give you that one. You, you nailed it with that one. <laughs> All right. So we are going to move on um, from Cam Johnson's Lemonade Stand. But first, let's just wrap this up, put a bow on it, hearing Cam's overall thoughts on the event and the day um, as a whole. What a wonderful idea by Mikhail, right? I, I was talking I was talking to Kayla earlier today, and I was like, you know, we'll be there for an hour. Maybe we'll get like 60, 100 people. A person a minute will show up, you know. People catch wind of it, maybe a couple more. And I got a text at like 2 o'clock, oh, there's 300 people outside. And I was like, oh, man, this is adding up quick. So it was quite quite an undertaking, quite the experience. Didn't know what to expect, but um, it's a big, big, uh, big honor to be out here in the community. Um, and, and, Maybe, you know, maybe to a lot of pictures and autographs. We had to slow down the pictures and autographs because the first 15 minutes we only got through like 10 people. So tried to keep everything going, tried to get out as much as we could and as uh, little time as we could. Um, we went, you know, past business hours, past open hours, but we got, got out all the lemonade, got all the cookies and a uh, successful day overall. Yeah, so all in all, shout out to Cam Johnson for getting out there in the community, taking pictures with everyone, signing autographs, obviously serving lemonade and cookies. And and the biggest thing, I think, is staying a lot longer than he was scheduled to stay or, or expected to stay. Yeah, I don't think Cam fully understands Suns fandom because obviously <clears throat> the pandemic kind of change things a little bit but right. 60 to 100 people i mean I that was what he estimated somebody probably should have uh, helped him out with yeah it's going to be a lot more than that i so. know it was precious too because at one point in time somebody asked him like did you realize you were this big of a star or like a fan favorite and he was like no, not a chance <laughs> he's like there'd be there's people in my life who would be like yeah absolutely not like jokingly of course but <laughs> i think sometimes you could just tell like there's so many guys on this team who are just so incredibly humble that yeah. Maybe they just don't realize like how much love they actually get from these from all of the fans and the community in general. Well, especially the you know the twins, Cam and and Mikhail, they don't always have the biggest stats on the stat sheet, but right. they do the little things. And this is a town, unlike some other sports towns, that really appreciate those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why they're such big fan favorites here as well. All right, I liked this comment from Manuel in the chat. They said, I'd ordered an S-Spoghetti, LOL. 
<laughs> I thought that was a good a fun. Five thousand dollars a plate, man, Manuel, and I will make you one if you if you want to do that. For uh, we'll we'll find a good charity, and I'll make you some spaghetti. He's Italian. Fun. It works. <laughs> All right, we are going to take a quick break because I got to tell you about the latest offer from DraftKings. So when Covington and Mazdal step into the octagon this Saturday at UFC 272. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a knockout offer for new customers. So bet just $1 on the main event and get $100 in free bets no matter what. First round knockout, you're going to get paid. Majority draw, you're going to get paid. Double knockout resulting in no contest ruling, yep, $100 in free bets, literally no matter what the outcome is. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So be sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code PHNX. Throw down just $1 on the UFC 272 main event and get $100 in free bets no matter what happens in the fight. So if it ends in a pillow fight, do you get the money? You get the money. If it ends if it ends in two guys slapping each other, you get the money. You get the money. I mean, there's a, <laughs> it could add any, imagine the possibilities, <laughs> you get the money. Yep. Uh, so one more time, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code PHNX when signing up so that you can take advantage of this amazing offer. Just a reminder, that is 21 and older only, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. All right, Espo, the Suns finally had their first practice with head coach Monty Williams in attendance today since returning from the All-Star break. They did practice last Wednesday before they played OKC, but if you'll remember, Monty wasn't there because weather issues. Um, So the first time they've actually been able to have full squad in the same room practicing together And Monty said after practice that, you know, it was just really good to get in the lab, work through some things, have time for refresher courses, especially for some of those new guys. I do think we've overlooked this a little bit, maybe just in some of our postgame shows, or at least I have, how quickly they had to kind of jump back in to the swing of things after that All-Star break, not having really any time to work through things at all considering the fact that they were without Chris Paul in that time. Yeah, as Monty Williams had said, it was three games in three and a half days, basically, when they came back. And without that practice time, it is difficult. You had a new starting lineup. You had Devin Booker essentially shifting positions as part of that. Uh, You had Aaron Holiday, who you got to keep in mind has only been with the team. He's played in five games since arriving here, so he hasn't had practice time. There are a lot of factors that go into this that we probably have overlooked slightly in terms of this, uh, and it's tough. When you get into the into the meat of the season, practice time is very limited, mm-hmm. and I don't think people realize that. They think, oh, well, you're with the team all the time. Aren't you practicing? No, there's CBA rules that don't let you practice after – you know, back to back or three games in in four nights. There's there's you really can't have shoot arounds whatsoever um, on early tip off times. Yeah, I mean there'd be no way to do that on a one thirty game. So, I mean you're not even gonna walk through before that game against the Jazz on Saturday or on Sunday. So like there's all sorts of of factors that, that that I think get overlooked sometimes. Not an excuse. They are professional athletes, but it does impact. Uh, the the way you perform when you don't get the opportunity to practice. Even just as simple as like like yesterday and today, for example, right? 
They didn't, I don't think they had an official practice yesterday. It was more just kind of like open gym, come through, whatever you guys want to work on. We'll have coaches ready and prepared to do things with you. Um, you also have to take into consideration throughout the season. Sometimes if you get two days off, the coaching staff kind of doesn't have to, but they also have to give guys a day off because yeah. they're missing so much time with their families. Like DeAndre is a new, new parent, a new-ish parent, you know what I mean? You want to spend time with your families and be able to mentally recharge as well. So there's just a lot of factors that go into it. Yeah, uh, and and I mean it's physically too. When you're in this this long haul, you want to give some of those days too because come playoff time, you're not going to have any of those. Mm-hmm. You're going to be wall to wall either games or or working on strategy. So uh, look, it's it, the Suns have afforded themselves. The opportunity to have some some leeway here, right? Mm-hmm. They came out of the break six and a half games. They did lose on Sunday, but luckily the Warriors lost to uh, to the Mavericks as well. So Which they blew a pretty big lead. Oh, they blew a twenty one point <laughs> lead. Uh, so thank you, Yikes. thank you, Golden State. Uh, <laughs> sincerely from Phoenix, but uh, look, the, you get in the gym today. We'll talk about uh, potential people coming back uh, mm-hmm. here shortly but that should help it, it sh- and then you're not playing the greatest of competition this week either which will help uh, as well it, it lets you ease a little bit more back in after the break and and kind of try to figure out some of the stuff before you face the bucks on sunday which obviously is a very big <clears throat> game they're uh, coming up uh, in Milwaukee. Well, you alluded to it, so let's get into it. The biggest question I think right now kind of around this Suns team is when will campaign return? And now he hasn't played since January 22nd. It's been quite a while <laughs> since we've had him yes. back. I don't think any of us expected this long no. um, as far as the time he would be out. We definitely could use him back with this team, being that Chris Paul is going to be sidelined for the foreseeable future. Monty Williams did share today after practice that Cam participated in some three-on-three and four-on-four pickup-style uh, basketball yesterday, and that at today's practice, which didn't have a whole lot of contact in it, but he was a full participant. So yeah. those are all really good signs that things are getting better, but... The more interesting thing that came out of practice was when Gerald and the crew out there were talking with Tory Craig. He said, or at least it sounded like he said, quote, it's going to be great to have him back out there tomorrow, end quote, when referring to campaign. So we'll play that clip for you and let you guys hear it for yourself. See what you think. This is energy, man. His energy is contagious, you know. Um... He likes to get the crowd into the game, get gets his teammates going. He, he plays with this level of, of, of confidence that that teams need. So um, it's going to be great having him back out there tomorrow. He definitely says it. I, so I don't know if that's a Freudian slip, if it's a, if it's wishful thinking, it's the power right. of positivity, whatever it is. <laughs> I hope he's right. He's putting that energy out into the world so that it comes to fruition. But like you said, we don't really know for sure. We haven't heard anything official from the team to this point, which we are at 2.22 on Tuesday <laughs> afternoon, March 1st. I expect that we will get some game notes from the team later tonight at the very latest tomorrow morning, yeah. and they will be able to share where he is as far as the injury report goes. So 
Tory Craig could have just misspoke. He it could have just been like we're excited to have him back whenever he comes back, but then also had the fact that they do have a game tomorrow on his mind, and it could have just all blended together. I don't it know. Could be gamesmanship. Uh, to he may know the team may be. Uh, and Monty may be like, well, we're not sure. So, right. so then you don't uh, don't know about it. One question I do have for you as the beanie expert is, <laughs> at what point does Tory Craig's headband officially become a hat? Because uh, it is slowly getting larger and larger, and there's less and less hair that you're seeing from it. Um, does I it actually say... have to touch? Is that when it becomes a beanie? Or? Okay, definitely not a hat, because I feel like a hat has to have some sort of a brim. Fair. But as far as a beanie goes... That's a good question. I don't know. Well, I will get Gerald on it. He will be asking <laughs> the tough questions uh, of of Tory Craig and asking him when that headband officially becomes a beanie. All I know is that if what Tory Craig said was true, I could not be more excited to have campaign back out there with this team. We obviously, one, we need him because Chris Paul is sidelined, but two, it has been a really long time since he has seen game action, and you want him to kind of get those reps back underneath him, find his rhythm again before this team hits the playoffs, right? Like, you want to give him as much time as possible to build up that rhythm, build up that conditioning, even though his was a wrist injury, hopefully his conditioning is still pretty high because it wasn't a lower body injury. But you you know he's going to need some time to kind of reacclimate back into this team. Well, and it was unfortunate because he had been in a slump to start the season. Then he had one of his best games right before mm-hmm. getting injured. So you hope he can kind of – I know it's not going to be momentum because it's been far too long. But you hope he can kind of pick up where he left off and play at a similar level. This team needs campaign to be able to get through a long, sustained playoff run. Whether there's injuries or not, you need him because Mm -hmm. he makes the bench that much more dynamic. It gives you a scoring punch that you don't currently have. They need campaign in the worst way. And they need not campaign from earlier this season. They need campaign of last year to be able to pull off something similar to to what they did in uh, their playoff run last year. Okay, so since we're talking about campaign coming back, hopefully sooner than later, Tiz do ask the question, do you think campaign should stay on the bench when he returns and keep running book at point? So here's what a few people in the chat have said thus far. Sundress Dunk said, I would start Cam personally. Don't love the point book right now, and we need Cam Johnson scoring off the bench. Manuel said either start campaign or Aaron Holiday. I'm at my point break with point book. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, you can't have Devin Booker handling the ball that much, expect him to be the primary offense as well from your starting unit. It puts too much on him, and it becomes taxing. Do you, can you do it in short bursts? Can you do it in games like the last few that you need to? Yes, but you should not do it when you have a legitimate option uh, to to fill in for him. a campaign is that they won two playoff games with him starting last year. That's the guy that I want to to be back at point guard in that starting lineup until Chris Paul comes back. Move Devin Booker back to his natural position of shooting guard. You can still split the ball handling duties at times and stagger campaign and books minutes like you do with CP3 and book, but do not make him the primary ball handler. So... 
initially, I was with you. I said this on Sunday after the game that I figured and kind of was in agreement that when campaign does return that he should start and that Cam Johnson should move back to the bench so that he can kind of create that offense off the bench that is so desperately needed, as we saw on Sunday, um, and that Aaron Holiday can continue to kind of build some chemistry with those guys. But now I kind of wonder, I don't really know how I feel about this yet. I haven't quite... I haven't quite digested it at all well, and come up with a standing idea. Then let's sit here and just work right through it, Lindsay. Would it make more sense to put campaign, keep campaign coming off the bench in that second unit, move Cam Johnson back and start Aaron Holiday? And then you kind of split that time between Aaron Holiday and Devin in that unit as far as who the primary ball handler is. That way, because obviously when Chris Paul comes back, you know campaign's going to move to the second unit. That's inevitable. So that way you allow campaign to find his rhythm again with that second unit, which he will be playing with majority of the time into the playoffs. Like, I don't know which one is the right move, to be completely honest with you. I I think campaign's done everything you've asked him. He deserves to be that guy that you turn to. I understand fundamentally thinking, trying to keep that chemistry, being able to run that automatically when you get into the playoffs. I just, I, I feel like... It does a disservice to Cam. I get it. Yeah, it's who finishes games, not who starts it. But I think Cam's earned the right to go in there with that first unit. Which is fair. However, I don't see this team being the type of people who are like, quote, unquote, I deserve it. Therefore, it should be me. I see this team being the type of people who are like, yeah, I may deserve it, but is that best for the overall good of this team and the potential to win a championship down the line? I still think it's what's best because Cam's going to be most consistent. You can still stagger his minutes where he's out there with the guys that he'll primarily be playing with uh, when, when he goes back to his natural role, but... I want to uh, I want to see what that offense looks like with campaign. I don't fully trust Aaron Holiday yet. He doesn't have chemistry with those guys where Cam does. Uh, I would I'd like to see Cam be that guy. I think we both agree though. Enough point book. Let's get Devin Booker back to not having to take the beating of defenses focusing on him the second he comes up uh, carrying the ball. So. Um, so then I'm guessing I know the answer to this question that Ben Fun just added to the chat. They said, how about starting Tory Craig? Which if you start Tory Craig, you're probably going to rely on Devin majority of the time to handle the ball. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I, I'd rather have campaign or excuse me, Cam Johnson still okay. starting at that point. Why? why am I making that shift? Like, Just to bring more offense to the second unit? Like Monty, Monty made a point that in the end it's kind of a wash. If Cam gets 20 points in the starting lineup or 20 points on the bench, it's, it's still more of a points. box score thing mm-hmm. than anything. So it's still Yes, points. but also like it's tough. I feel like it puts a little more mental um, fatigue on the guys in the starting unit because when that – when that bench unit gets out there and then all of a sudden if you're if you you have the lead as the Suns and the bench unit goes out and then all of a sudden the game is tied or they've closed the gap whoever your opponent is then it's like well shoot now I got to come back in here I got to I got to do this all over again I got to extend our lead here or get our lead back 
and then you're just playing like this like game back and forth and it's so much more mentally i guess maybe on the starting unit i don't know i'm just spitballing here but then your your hope is i guess if you make that move and campaigns back the campaigns the guy scoring off the bat i we're splitting hairs here yeah is that is the reality of it i i don't care which point guard it is i want a point guard in the starting lineup with Devin Booker, so he's not having to be that primary guy is the the crux of it. Whether it's Aaron Holiday, whether it's campaign, I don't really care as long as there's somebody that's the primary ball handler over Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. All right, so to put a bow on this, we don't officially know when campaign will be returning. Um, after practice, Monty said some really positive things about um, his progress. And Tory Craig made a comment that it'll be nice to have him back out there tomorrow. But again, it could have he could have just misspoke. He could be letting us in on a secret. Who knows? Um, we <laughs> will keep you updated on social media as soon as we hear any official word from the team. So be sure to give us a follow at PHNX underscore Suns. Um, Gerald Borgay usually keeps a really close eye on his emails. I'm so, checking right now. I know, I just Gerald refreshed my any... email. Nothing has come through yet. So This is nothing but professionalism looking at Twitter while, <laughs> while on air. Nothing, nothing new as we've sat here. So, And Josh Hunt made a good point, too. It's not like we're doing complete squad substitutions during the game. Bench players are going to play with starters, too, and vice versa. So Yeah, it's not hockey shifts. Right, exactly. Moving the whole line, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, One thing that I do want to kind of ask your opinion on, which I feel like we did briefly talk about this, but I want to see – I think I am curious to see a little bit more of Bismarck Biombo. I think JaVale McGee is in one of those kind of weird, like, hiccup areas if you will yeah. it just hasn't been as easy or as smooth for him and I, f- I want him to be able to play through it and be given the opportunity to play through it however in some of these games where maybe it's a little bit closer I kind of want to see if Bismack can come in and make a difference yeah I was a little confused the other night too where at uh, there was a few rare occasions where I, I think Whiteside and Gobert shared some minutes on the court uh, Utah went big at times, and I was surprised that uh, that Bismarck didn't get the opportunity to go out there and help with the with the rebounding woes. Uh, he, they certainly needed a guy with his particular set of skills, and they did not uh, bring him in and give him that opportunity. I I'm not quite sure why, mm-hmm. and maybe it, the thought was we're having to do so much with the roster and experiment. So much with the roster that doing one more thing may not be beneficial, but it really felt like uh, they could have used that. And if they keep struggling on the glass uh, going into these next few games before Milwaukee, uh, you should be experimenting. You should be putting Bismack out there. Excuse me, Bismack. He did, <laughs> he know, did right? cha- officially change his pronunciation when somebody asked him, hey, how do you pronounce your name? So Bismack. Uh, should definitely be out there and trying to help uh, with uh, with that because rebounding's been been not great since uh, I mean it's been putrid since since the All Star break and they need something to to help jumpstart that and Bismack's been able to do that in the minutes that he's seen here in Phoenix so far so hopefully he'll uh, get get an opportunity 
over uh, the next two games against Portland and New York. So, All right, two things from the chat. First up, Fabio said, are there any updates on Frank Kaminsky? As of right now, no. He was, um, at the, he was at the lemonade stand. That's was, the only update I have. You so. know that Frank's always going to be in good spirits, but no, as of right now, we have not heard anything from Frank. We'll definitely keep you updated if and when that does come through. And then the other thing was DeAndre in shooting more threes. Um, I can't find this comment where it went. But essentially... Thank you. How do you guys feel about DA shooting threes? He's hit one in two straight games. Looks more comfortable out there. If he, I know I asked you this question yeah. a while ago, but once again, what do you think? If he's open, shoot them. If you're guarded, don't shoot the three. That's my that's my thing here because it keeps the defense honest if you're willing to pull up and you make them. So I would like to see him do it sparingly when the moment's right. I don't want him to get it in his head that that's a primary function of what he does offensively. But like we've seen, he, his game adapts, right? Uh, three's open at the top of the key, he'll take it. He's mm -hmm. been making him lately. Uh, the lanes aren't as wide open because Chris Paul isn't there and teams are shutting you off. Mid-range game comes into play. He hits those shots like he did first half against Utah. He is a, a very versatile offensive player. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. He's developed this hook shot uh, in, in the last few months, that, that, that little baby hook that he does that's been spectacular as well. It's almost become automatic at times for him. So I have no problem with him stretching his offensive game. I just don't want him to fall in love with the three. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And I do think, though, that DeAndre knows, like, what his strengths are. Yeah. And um, Chris said in the chat, he has the skill set. Josh said, I like DA developing the mid-range more. He's been about 65% recently. I agree that those should be his bread and butter and his primary, yeah. like, go-tos. However... I like DA hitting threes. I think yeah. he adds a little bit of energy into the room. It adds energy for the fans, for the players. And like you said, if if they're going to give him the opportunity to do it, absolutely do it because we've seen that he can. And then that just kind of creates this whole new playing field for DeAndre and um, just the way that he has to be guarded and, and what he can command out there. So I'm all for DA taking more threes if and when they are available to him. Especially if some of those looks come in the third and fourth quarter where he doesn't get the ball. That's still going to be... I know Gerald disagrees that it's a product of the offense and what, what the defense gives, but I still think DeAndre, when he's rolling like he was on Sunday, should not be completely uh, iced out at other parts in the game as well. And uh, Manuel asked, do you all think his great shooting has come at the cost of his rebounding? And I don't think that's what the problem here over the last few games has been. A couple times he's out of position, but that happens to every big man in a game. What I feel like is really going on is the fact that without CP3, it's putting additional pressure on uh, on DA to switch in a mm -hmm. lot of situations, wind up out on the guard uh, near the perimeter, mm -hmm. trying to help on that defense, getting no help behind him. Uh, on guys crashing the boards, and that's really where 
where the issue's been. And Monty brought this up at practice today, too. In addition to that, he's, you know, he's seen, like, the guards on the Suns team are crashing the boards a lot, too. So they've maybe, quote-unquote, stolen a few that normally would go to DA, or you get kind of the tips, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you might get a Mikhail or a Cam up there and tip it out to one of the guards, and that might also be a reason. He said he doesn't want to make excuses for DeAndre because... He does want him to get in there and grab a few more boards each game, and D.A. has said that as well. But those are just some additional factors that might be contributing to it. However, to your point, I do think when you have to take on a heavier load offensively, it can cut into yeah. the amount of effort that you put in on the defensive side of things because it's just energy. Like you, mm -hmm. There's only so much energy that you have each game, and sometimes it's a little bit harder. Well, and look, uh, Sunday's game in particular against the Jazz, those are tough assignments against Hassan Whiteside and Rudy Gobert. We're not talking about him playing right. against like a 6'8 guy that's you know playing small ball center and he's getting out-rebounded where he shouldn't. He was playing two of the better rebounders in the game in that situation, plus the other factors we talked about. I'm not overly concerned uh, about a couple games mm -hmm. where this whole team's been out of sort. Uh, and, and his rebounding numbers to that extent. All right. Anything else on things that we heard from practice before we move on? No. I, I Look, uh, it's obvious that Monty's trying to find some answers to things as well. Mm -hmm. He mentioned that uh, he basically said Cam will go – campaign will go into the starting lineup. Cam, uh, Cam Johnson will go to the bench when that, when that eventually happens. Uh, in there but overall I think they have the right mindset that it's a long season this is just a bump in the road uh, most teams are not going to go as long as they went without losing back-to-back -back games and it's it's on to the next one now if you lose to New York you lose to Portland uh, and going into that Milwaukee game yeah there might be a little more sense of urgency than uh than necessary or than you expected at that point. But I think you're going to see them at least get one of these two, likely these next two, heading into that rematch of the finals. If nothing else, just for a little bit of a morale boost, because it hasn't <laughs> happened multiple times <laughs> where they've nice. dropped two games in a row. I'm sure that kind of stings yeah. a little bit. But all things considered, I think they see the big picture as well. Yeah. So I don't think they're overly concerned or worried about it by any means. But would be good to get a win tomorrow night against the, the Trailblazers. Nice. All right, we're going to take a quick break because I have to tell you now that children five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. So the vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID-19. The COVID-19 vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or dying from the disease, safe, free, and highly effective COVID-19 vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. I know it seems like things are kind of on the up and up and we're maybe turning a corner here, but it is important to remember that COVID is not entirely gone. Um, we got to keep doing our part to keep everyone safe. Make sure you wash your hands. Don't just get your fingers a little wet, like do a full on 
with soap, what? Why warm do we water, have to tell people hands? that? <laughs> that? That's a human thing. Let's just do that all the time. I don't care if COVID's right. Wash your damn hands, people. I know. We're so bad at that. I don't know what it is. I wonder if it's a cultural thing here or if it's just like universal. Like, like it's laziness. Just, uh, yeah, totally. Like, you've got access to all these things readily available. <laughs> Wash your damn hands, all right? I wonder, too, if it's because, like, if you have long sleeves on, like, and they don't you get your sleeves wet, if that's a deterrent or not. I'm just, I'm just trying to come up with up. ideas as to what to, it is. I have to do that for my five-year-old <laughs> every day. Push them up, sweetheart. Like... But, like, you're an adult. If you can't push up your own sleeves, you probably should not be functioning, all right? That's fair, but I do think those memes are really funny where they're like, not, don't just get your fingies wet. You got to do the whole thing. They're hilarious. They crack me up. Anyway. Um, I bet you didn't expect us to go that way. Right? Exactly. Huh? I'm sure you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The last thing that we want to talk about today is the buyout market. So today is the last day that players can be bought out. It would a appear that maybe the Suns are not going to be players in that space. There's no guarantee, but that's just kind of what it seems like it's leaning towards. It, it doesn't, I mean, there weren't a lot of options. Let's Fair. start there. Uh, Goran Dragic was one. Uh, he went with Steve Nash, that team. In not the, surprising. No, I, in the end, it seemed like one of those things that was overlooked but makes a lot of sense when it happens. DJ Augustine was a guy that got bought out by Dallas and is heading to the Lakers. I don't know if that was simply they weren't Suns weren't interested. Lakers offer more playing time. I don't know, but those were like really the only two names that piqued any interest. Sadoransky went back to uh back to Washington after he was bought out by uh, the Mavs, I believe, and uh, that one made sense too. So really there wasn't there wasn't a lot of movement like we've seen in previous years, and there wasn't anybody in particular that you went, I can't believe they didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe there's a name that emerges over the next couple of hours uh, and, and the Suns make a move on them, but overall, this is the roster that's going to be locked in for the playoffs. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe they have any open spots. They'd have to cut somebody, so Ish Wainwright likely won't be transitioned out of the two-way deal so he won't be eligible for the playoffs so you're looking at the guys outside of ish wainwright on this roster what you're going to have to to go to battle with yeah and i'm comfortable with that i think sure we could have potentially added a little bit more to this roster to bolster it even more than it already is but i still think i'm confident enough in this group healthy yep obviously that is the biggest caveat here you need at least your top seven guys to be healthy yeah. when we're going into the playoffs and throughout the entire playoffs because when when you lose somebody who's very substantial to your team as we've seen as of late it is hard to kind of navigate that space a little bit more and it does throw a wrench into things and when we're talking about playing the highest level of basketball that there is the highest amount of competition in those games you're going to want your team completely healthy or at least as healthy as possible yeah i mean you look at it uh, of course anytime you lose a chris paul you're going to struggle a little bit i mean that's a, that's a star there was not a guy that they were going to get that would have changed that right mm -hmm. But what's been the big problem is campaign out, 
and for one of these games, they're in holiday out too. Right. So there's not a lot you can do when your second, first, second, and uh, you know third string guys are out, or your first and second are out, and your third string guy has only been there for three or four games. You're not going to overcome that, regardless. In the playoffs, the only spot that concerns me uh, that couldn't withstand an injury is shooting guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you can't you can't withstand a Devin Booker injury. That's yeah. going to be, uh, but but even beyond that, you, you're looking at the, that's that's the weak spot. That's the spot that doesn't have the depth that you ever uh, center. You're three deep, point guard. Uh, you're three deep. And right? Aaron Holiday yeah. will continue to yeah. get better and better throughout the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So it's okay. Small forward, you you have a wealth of uh, yeah. of talent there that bleeds into your power forward spot too. That the shooting guard area is the only one that that concerns me, but it's concerned me all year because you're playing uh you're playing, you know, Landry Sham at significant minutes and he hasn't found a shot. So right. that's been that's been a sore spot, but campaign can play some minutes there. It looks like Aaron Holiday, when you have full strength, uh, your full you know point guard group, that he can play some minutes at shooting guard. So there are options there, but it it starts and ends with can campaign and Chris Paul get healthy and be the guys that we saw last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If they can't, there's nothing that James Jones could have done to fortify. This roster to overcome those two guys not playing or not playing at the level that you need them to. I wonder, it might be too soon, but I don't know if it's too soon. I wonder how much Landry Shamet we're going to see in the playoffs. Well, when the rotation shrinks, I don't think you're going to see much of anything. He yeah. fell out of Brooklyn's playoff rotation last right. year uh, and he was shooting better he was playing better than he is this year so he's definitely going to disappear if he doesn't heat up soon mm-hmm. okay so in the chat we had a question um manuel said i think it was manuel correct me if i'm wrong guys but oh yeah wouldn't it be better to wave frank if he's out for the season so we can sign ish to a full contract that's fabio no, that's oh, fabio. fabio sorry uh, fabio thank you for your comment my bad um, is if Frank is out. Yeah, they so they, they have not ruled back. him out entirely, and they've they've ruled out Dario, of course, but, he but they have years. not completely ruled out Frank. So I think they're waiting until the very last second that they yeah. can determine that. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, because since Ish is on the roster, it's not the same as signing a guy off the street that gets bought out. You can transfer Ish to from a two-way to a full contract and make him playoff eligible. That's still uh, capable of being done. The reason you don't do, don't get rid of Saric is because he has another year on his deal, so you're not going to buy out two years and mm-hmm. and make that move. Frank, if they rule him out, that could be a very realistic possibility. You give him an injury buyout, you slide-ish into that spot just as a break glass in case of right. emergency. Right, at least you have option. a playable player yeah. yeah so so that is that is potentially something that could happen but it seems like they still have hope that frank kaminsky will come back hello said we all look the same to Lindsay. well to be fair I mean, it's blue light blue dark blue and purple and yeah. then a light purple yeah as your put put your pictures in there people so yeah. i can i could 
put a face to the name. <laughs> Actually, you all should put the same exact picture in oh there. Oh my God, please don't just do that. Just to mess with throw Lindsay. Me off. And they like, all should be it. Gerald. Here in the chat right now, we've got Fabio, Manuel, hello, and uh, there's another one in there. And all of the colors are exactly like just Hold on. Slight, are you colorblind? They're off. not. They're not that close. Are you? Are you colorblind? They're close enough. Are you? It's dark blue. It's purple, and it's light blue. It's not even a light blue. It's like a medium. It's, it's blue. a light blue. Like come and, on. And yeah, I, yeah. But when I'm looking on my little tiny computer here, trying to like find it real quick, it's <laughs> whatever. Anyway. And there's different letters in it too. I mean. <laughs> I feel okay. This feels like watching Sesame Street with my daughter. Those are different colors. Those are different letters. Oh, well. The letter Connor, of the don't day change your pick is... to blue. Please. <laughs> don't make this harder than it has to be, guys. <laughs> all right, Espo. <laughs> Hello. Wow. All blues look the same, you colorist. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> <Lord. laughs> cancel Lindsay. Lord, have mercy. I'm not trying Hello to get canceled. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Hashtag cancel Lindsay. Great. Great. I didn't Lin realize this Lindsay would be the wants thing that a took vacation. me out. Lindsay wants a vacation. You people are just cons conspiring against us so she can get her vacation. The question is, is whose it, team are they actually is on? Is hello uh, your significant other? <laughs> I, don't, I would hope not. Could it, could it I be, have no idea. Uh, I don't know if we I don't know if we say your significant other's name, so I'm not gonna throw it there. I like to keep it under I'm a mystery. A so yeah, yeah it's a, that's why I didn't say it. So. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for today's show. Thank you guys all for tuning in, hanging out with <laughs> us. Um, in the chat, if you were a participant today or if you just joined us on YouTube, we appreciate it. If you are listening on your wherever you get your podcast, once again, thank you. And your don't Microsoft forget to Zoom, whatever you do. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five star review. We really appreciate it. And once again, last but not least, gophnx.com has a bunch of great content. If you have not become a member, consider doing so today. If you become a member, you can either get your first month for 50 cents or you can get a free t-shirt from our locker, whichever option you choose, whichever one is best for you. Um, but once again, go phnx.com, check it out. And uh, as always, you can follow the show on Twitter at phnx underscore sons. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ and you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Remember, Lindsay doesn't see color and I'm convinced her significant, significant other doesn't exist. Ahoy hoy. <laughs> <laughs>